Hi, this is Simon Yeo. Thank you so much for subscribing to my podcast, Simon Says. I want you to know that I appreciate every one of you out there for tuning in. Now check out today's podcast. A very good day to all of you listeners out there. My name is Simon Yeo and welcome back to Season 3 of this podcast. We're very excited to be back after a few weeks of break. Now this is a show where we discuss contemporary, governmental, political, social issues that are brewing in Malaysia as well as anything that we think might be of interest to you all. Now when we started Season 2 at the beginning of this year, the first episode was called Lockdown Again. So because we had just entered into lockdown at that time. Fast forward now to July 2021, we have entered into an unprecedented level of lockdown. Almost the entire Clan Valley was placed under EMCO, which is the most stringent type of lockdown since the initial MCO way back in March last year. So it is now creating a very gloomy atmosphere in our nation. Now, I did not actually plan to talk about lockdown because I wanted to focus on something more positive. But this is where we are at this moment. The discussions, the implications, the possible options will continue to dominate our consciousness and deliberations for foreseeable future. We have to come to terms, and some people have and some people have not, to the reality of what is happening. We need to begin to develop ways for us to properly process the happening in such a way that can cause us individually and also as a nation to progress and to move on. Now, I know most of us are thinking, what can I do that actually has an impact? Yes, we might not have the influence to directly impact the fiscal and policy implementations in these nations, but what we can do is to learn to develop the right kind of mindset, the right kind of thought processes that will help us to navigate through this storm and even come to a place where we can learn to flourish in the midst of the storm. So many things have been said about the state of the economy and livelihood in our nation. For the pessimists, they will say there is a clear and present danger of entering into a phase of Irreversible damage. Now, this is a term you have always heard in the last 5, 10, 15 years. People always say Malaysia needs to change or there will be irreversible damage. And there is certainly some truth in this statement. On the other hand, even though we know the challenges ahead are going to be great, what is the right path forward? I was running through the news cycle a few days ago and all the usual opinion pieces. And one commentator said this. Now, he was saying this in context of what he would like to see in any prime minister candidates because we are at this stage where the current prime minister is facing you know, some political pressure and there were many candidates proposed to perhaps take over the role. And this commentator was talking about what a future prime minister or even a current prime minister, what sort of policies and strategies that he will have. And I quote, First, what is the overarching policy goal? Flatting the curve, talking about the COVID curve, or returning to normalcy? The latter is now favoured by international opinion, landing Malaysia at the bottom of two international indexes by Bloomberg 
we rank 51 out of 53. And the economy's ranking, last place out of 50 nations. On one hand, can our hospitals not collapse without a full lockdown? On the other hand, can our economy survive an indefinite and real lockdown? What are the objective measures to decide what level of lockdown? End of quote. See, more and more people are beginning to see the fallacies of flattening the curve and the overarching goal of herd immunity. Now, a few months ago, talking about herd immunity goal, it seemed difficult and challenging goal to attain. Now, more and more, you have experts coming out and say that it is simply an unrealistic preposition. Many authorities are moving away from the fable goal of herd immunity, and this includes our neighbours, Singapore, and even our own vaccines, Zah, you know, KJ. Now, we will attempt to unpack all these issues in the weeks to come. That's not my intention for this episode. For now, I just have one preliminary thought, and it is this. How is it that so many people are still accepting unreasonable lockdowns that are killing and in some cases permanently remove the opportunity to have livelihood. And the usual answer, we already can predict them. They say, oh, it's about flattening the curve. It's about containing the hospital system so that it does not collapse. We need to do something before it is too late. Now, the question I want to ask, are people even looking at the data and the data of cost-benefit analysis of lockdown versus the constraint over health system. Now, I'm not saying that there are easy answers, but have people even begin to consider? Are the sacrifices too great that we might not even have a normalcy, we might not even have a place to return to? These are serious questions that people need to properly consider for themselves. And we should not just be influenced by what the government, what the media are trying to say. Now, I already say these are difficult issues and there are no straightforward solutions. We are seeing more and more reports of businesses, enterprises that are being shut down, wiped out in its totality. If you skin the media on a daily basis like I do, you somehow get the distinct impression that people are somewhat in favour of lockdown. Now, what I mean is this, that you are seeing people who come out and say, yeah, we know it is difficult, but we still must do it. But why must we still do it? Is that the real reflection of what's happening on the ground? Now, personally, I do not buy that. Now, I understand the fear of the disease had caused many to willingly sacrifice. I'm not saying that there should not be any sacrifices, but it is a question of to what degree. I find many of those who are in favour of lockdowns are people whose livelihood are not affected by it. Those people with fixed salary, those people with no reduction in salary, the civil services, the medical elites, and many, many other categories which I do not want to get into today. My personal feeling is that such sentiments, the so-called strong support for lockdown, are changing. There comes a time where voices challenging unreasonable actions must be taken. And I'm seeing more and more of these you know, in the last few days, in the last few weeks, and I believe it is a matter of time before it becomes a torrent of mainstream sentiment. Now, we will look at all these in greater details in the coming episodes. But for now, I just want to step back a little bit and discuss a broader, a more fundamental issue. So there are two 
uh, issues basically that they are somewhat related, okay? Now, the first one is this. How do we actually process the information around us? Now, I'm motivated to discuss this because I see a lot of people will say, this is what I believe, but how do they come to that place? For example, if we support lockdown or not support, now it's fine. We You can agree or disagree. Or we talk about issues like vaccines. How did we come to a particular conclusion? How much are we influenced by the reporting and opinion of media at face value? And in fact, when it comes to media, it is important for us to understand this, that in the media, there is now less and less factual reporting and more and more opinion pieces. Now, even when you are just reporting a factual event, the reporter can still decide to put certain emphasis. You know, they can choose to highlight certain facts. They can choose to not highlight certain facts. But it is still a factual reporting. But when we talk about opinion pieces, it, it is totally different. It is where the media begin to put their point of view, their conclusions. You know, so those are not the same as simple reporting. There is actually a concerted effort from the media to present a particular point of view. Now, this is nothing new, as there always has been this aspect of bias. But the situation has gotten so bad in recent years that most media entities, they do not even try to hide their bias. Their writing, their editorial style, it looks more like lectures. It, it looks more like trashing down particular groups of people most of the time. Now, we have discussed this in Season 2 of this show, but it is basically what we call groupthink. Now, groupthink is a dominant way of thinking. But how it comes about is that it is being force-fed by what? The powers of media, by governmental structure. And then over a period of time, people just accept it. And then they become part of the collective groupthink. So as far as the pandemic is concerned, here's the groupthink. Initially, they will say, oh, we just need to flatten the curve. So we need some temporary sacrifices. Now remember, go all the way back to March last year, and this was what we were told, that we just need to sacrifice for a few months and we'll come back to the normal situation. And then they quickly shifted the goalposts. I'm, when I say they, I'm referring to the group think. And now they say, oh, it is not enough to flatten the curve. Now we need to achieve herd immunity. Now, herd immunity is a totally different topic. If you're at the time, you, you know, I would like to discuss this, but it is just such a ridiculous concept. But now you're seeing many nations and authorities are walking back from this mindset because more and more people are coming to the conclusion that herd immunity may not be possible at all. Then they change the goalpost again. The next part is we need to have mass vaccination as if that will solve all the problems that we're having. Yet more and more people at the moment, now you start to have this kind of thinking that people are accepting that vaccines do not necessarily save you from getting a COVID infection. And you know, of course, we can talk about the efficacy and things like that. But the argument that they are presenting is that vaccines can help to lessen the severe effects of COVID infections and reduce mortality. So basically, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this discussion. But what I want to show you is that the group thing keeps shifting. They kept changing the narrative depending on what they want to present to the people. Now, 
Just to be clear, I am not downplaying or even dismissing the importance of vaccination. You know, I do believe there is a place for that. And even a lot of my family members and friends have already accepted the vaccine. What I'm saying is that there has been a disproportionate presentation of the views and opinion, and very often from higher authority, that makes it as if vaccines will be the ultimate elixir, the B.O. and N.O. to the pandemic. I believe those who hold to such position will be sorely disappointed. In fact, it is a matter of time before you see there's a need for additional vaccine, there's a need to mix and match, never-ending variants. In fact, it is already happening right at our doorstep. So back to the fundamental issue. How do we actually process all this information? There's no shortcut, but one of the ways is that we have to spend time to do research. We have to spend time to do our due diligence. And I, I do find it helpful to have a group, it can be your friends, it can be your family, that can, can begin to discuss these issues. Now, you go to this group not to get affirmation of what you already believe. You know, some people, they have a position, they'll go to a place, and they like to hear things which confirm what they believe. You, you know, that will just be an exercise of self-delusion. But you want to go to a place where you can be open to consider all the facts, all the data, all the arguments, and it is what I call a place where we can enhance our inbuilt bullshit detector. You see, that is the intuition that is inherent in all human beings. And I believe this is a season, this is a time we begin to utilize that. Now, the second issue, which is related to the first one, is this. Now, of course, the first one is, we're talking about how do we process this. But the second one is a next step. Once you begin to understand how you process information, how do we form a thought, an opinion, a position which reflects our true belief? I cannot keep track of the times that people have said this to me. My opinion does not matter. Or they will say things like, it is how it is. No matter what I think, no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. I think many people underestimated their ability to influence people. The reality is most people have some good capacity to influence in their natural sphere, in their sphere of influence, these days in social media, or all the different areas. But in order to influence others, a person must firstly develop a clear position. Now, of course, you can certainly change your positions based on additional data, based on different arguments, based on the way you process you know, I believe it is a good practice to change. It is a good practice to say, I was wrong about that and now I changed my mind based on new revelation, based on new information. I think that is a, is a teachable spirit that we want to have. It is alright to have difference of opinion. It is alright to disagree. And this is something that, you know, we can discuss a bit more. But when it comes to the pandemic, it's very interesting. People have not been allowed to have a different opinion. And some of you may be asking, what do you mean? You know, So every time, for example, in social media, let's say in Facebook, you begin to post certain opinions. That, that is not from the group thing. That's not from the mainstream. And there will be a warning there to, from Facebook to tell you that, oh, you better be careful of this article. It may not be true and things like that. What? You mean there is no free speech? It is exactly that, that people are not allowed to have a different opinion. In fact, if you have a different opinion when it comes to 
all these so-called sensitive issues, when we talk about things like vaccines, like lockdown, a few months ago, the US election, or, or things like racism, which has been weaponized in many liberal Western nations, you know, as long as you disagree with the group think, or, or things like race and religion, fear-mongering in Malaysia, you know, it's just not very free to discuss all these things. Things like climate change. If you disagree with any of the position promoted by the media group thing, you are immediately labelled as an outdated bigot. In fact, right now, it is so ridiculous in the United States. If you even questioned last year's election, now you are called a domestic terrorist. So the long and short of this is, each one of us needs to have our own position when it comes to important issues. We need to learn to decide for ourselves once and for all. Now, the next thing which many people have asked me, where do you get the right news sources? Actually, that might not be the right question to ask. You see, all news portals, all news sources, bloggers you trust and respect, all of them carry a measure of truth and a measure of opinion, all mixed up. And sometimes meets in such a way that you cannot even tell the difference easily. It is challenging and that is why I hesitate recommending the news site I go to. Because at the end of the day, it is not about a particular news portal. Their position can change, their ideologies can change, their interests can change. It is more important to learn how to read between the lines, how to come to a specific position that will satisfy a person's conscience. As I reflected during the few weeks of break between the end of season 2 and this episode, this is the portion which challenged me the most. How do we encourage this sort of critical, independent, but also constructive thinking? How do we impart this sort of mindset and thinking? See, some of the episodes in season 2, especially those on political discussions, I've enjoyed tremendously. It was very fun to research, very satisfactory to deliver. It did highlight many issues which caused people to see, yes, this is not where we want to be. We need to move on. But I will admit it is very short on solution. It is very short on how can we move forward and what are the practical steps I can take. So the aspect of being constructive in our critical thinking and also to propose some practical steps, as little as that might be, is something that I have challenged myself to do in season 3. So that is one of my goals for, for now. With that, let's quickly talk about the broad outline of things we wish to cover in season 3. Now, of course, we continue to talk about the main theme, which is nation building in Malaysia. And, and we want to cover the way forward, you know, all the related issues continue, the issues continue to happen lockdowns, vaccines, return to normalcy, you know, things like emergency, you know, I, I hope it will be lifted soon, but we will continue to talk about that. Of course, there's the ongoing political realignment that is happening here. Malaysia and many other nations are heading into what we call uncharted territory. And, and this is directly the result of the epic pandemic. Things will change forever, for better or for worse. Then there is the aspect which I just talked about, the constructive part of this show, the practical ways for us to move forward. Even if it's like baby steps for some of us, I believe we can all be part of it. 
One thing I can think of immediately is the development of the way we influence people. How can we influence people directly and indirectly? That, that is so powerful. We, we just need to learn to share our convictions. And, and half of the time, you, you know, things can, can get it done already. So that's one aspect I hope I'll begin to talk more in subsequent episodes. One of my overarching goals for this episode is to present issues in a way that can be easily understood. It is for us to skip all the fluffs, all the distractions, all the sidetrackings presented by the media and go to the heart of the issue. Now, I've said many times, it is not my place to tell you what to believe. It, it is my place to, to discuss in order for us to come to a certain position. Whether we agree or disagree, it is not the, the main issue but it is all part of a healthy discourse and exchange of opinion. Let me finish off with this. As I look at what's happening around us, I begin to think of a movie, you know, what, what would be a movie that can represent and perhaps summarize the place where we are at now. Now, remember the last episode of season two, we briefly discussed about the HIDE system, okay, which tracks the movement of people, and the authority can order the closing down of buildings based on that. Remember, many major shopping centers were ordered to close down for three days without much warning and created a big hoo-ha. Now, I haven't heard about HIDE for a while. I'm not even sure if it is still in place. But the whole premise of this hide system is based on what could happen, what might happen. So it is what we call predictive algorithm. Now, does that remind you of a movie? And for me, there is an eerie comparison with the blockbuster movie, The Minority Report. Now, Minority Report is a sci-fi movie, but it has a mainstream appeal because you have Tom Cruise as a main cast, you have Steven Spielberg as a director, it's big budget, there are great action set pieces, special effects. But the main draw for me is the story. Yes, it's an action detective story. It is a whodunit sort of story. But the main discussion is on the predictive methods deployed in the future. In this movie, potential criminals, and, and they are not even criminal yet, yet okay, they are identified by three humans with some sort of mutated and special capability. They call this being precognition. So it's like they could see what might happen. See, the keyword here is might. So people are arrested, they are sentenced, they are locked in some kind of prison based on what they might not do. They have not actually committed the crime. Now, I will not say much more as to not to spoil the movie further, but here's my two takeaways from this movie. The first one, to take a course of action based on potential happening is a very, very dangerous precedent. So when we look at much of the lockdown policies, the mass vaccination drive. It is basically based on predictive, unproven algorithm. Now, the authority will say, oh, it is based on data, we have a lot of data. But if that's the case, how come there is so little release of the data? How come we seem to be moving in circles with no clear path to normalcy? Then, the second takeaway is the title of the movie itself. It's called Minority Report. Now, in the movie, the pre-court the, the, the creature who could predict the, the, the future, there are three of them. Occasionally, one of them will present a minority re report. So it's like, imagine it's like a court case, you have five 
judges, you know, it's three against two. So in this case, there are three of them. Occasionally, one will, will present a report that contradicts the other two. When a minority report is present, the investigators must take extra precautions to make sure the predictions of the majority is correct. Now, I have a feeling, and you may call it a hunch, in terms of the way forward for us as a nation, it could very well be a minority report. What I mean is this, there might be reports, there might be proposals, there might be solutions, whatever you want to call them, that might seem to be less popular, less mainstream, less accepted by the overall group think, but one that will ultimately be adopted and cause us to move forward as a nation and to prevail. Will there be an emergence of a minority report that will create discussions? Because, it, it, you know, when, when a solution is presented, we still need to discuss, we still need to come up with a formulation or the strategy. There's still a lot of practical things to, to, to do, but to come to that kind of conclusion, the kind of so solution is very, very important. Would there be this sort of minority report that allows us to exceed this mindless, repetitive cycle of destruction. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you find this show interesting and stimulating, do subscribe to the podcast on whatever platforms that you are on, you know, Spotify or, or, or whatever, okay? So, until next time, bye-bye for now. <laughs>